This is the Property Today podcast from Thursday, December the 29th. I was in for Georgia Tolly, who is away at the moment. Mohanad Awadia, the wolf of real estate here in the region, also joined us, our regular guest, as we look back at some of the big talking points of the year, including the tumbling of records with regularity as prices and transactions soared amid a strong economic recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. Plus, the new eyeballs on the region from the hosting of Expo 2020 Dubai, the influx of tourists that came in to take advantage of the lifting of COVID regulations, uh, but also towards the end of the uh, FIFA World Cup, the 2022 FIFA World Cup, which brought in new eyeballs to the region and had a significant impact on the real estate business. And despite global economic headwinds, high net worth individuals still kept coming to the UAE and have done over the course of the last 18 months. That itself has given impetus to the luxury market. I wanted to find out whether that impetus would continue apace into 2023. Then we changed tack a little bit to catch up with the team from Landvault. We moved from bricks and mortar property here in the UAE to that on the metaverse. Landvault is the largest real estate company in the metaverse. Landvault CEO Sam Huber, Samuel Huber, joined us live on the line to give us his take on the development of property in the metaverse during 2022, the prospects for 2023, and also let us know that he was so impressed with the way that things were being dealt with here. He, in fact, was moving his company here in the next couple of months. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties to have you with us for this regular segment uh, with us here today. It's good to be back uh, and it's good to have uh, with us here uh, the Property Today team as well. A warm welcome uh, for the final time in 2022 to Mohanad Alwadia, the wolf of real estate, joining us live in studio for the course of the next 60 minutes. Mohanad, as always, great to see you. Same here. Thank you, uh, Tom. Good morning to you and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in advance. That's very kind. Yeah, <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought it? What are we? A couple of days away from the end of 2022? Yes, it sounds uh, very interesting. Uh, we're going to see each other next year <laughs> on <laughs> it, Monday. I have another second. just around the corner <laughs> next year, a yes. whole year between the two. <laughs> Listen, I mean, just before we get on to the property news as we'll kick things off, I mean, let's start there, if we can, with the opportunity to look back on the year that mm-hmm. was. If you were sat in that chair at the end of 2021, would you have thought, would you have predicted 2022 would have been such a game changer? Not really. I mean, I'm always very optimistic about the real estate sector. I've been doing this for 24 years now. So I'm, I've, I've learned to be very optimistic about Dubai and, and its real estate sector. But 2022 has been definitely a very interesting year and mm. exceeded all expectations. It really has, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And can, I mean, I, again, I know this is a question you get asked time and time again. Sure. But can we continue the momentum into 23? I believe so, yes. I think um, for at least the next two years, we're going to have a very positive momentum for the real estate sector in Dubai. And there are so many factors. I can maybe list 20 factors that contribute to um, that impact any real estate sector. And I think 
they're all lined up in a very positive manner for mm-hmm. Dubai. Uh, for the first time in human history, we're experiencing four uh, crises at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, a health crisis, the pandemic um, ramifications are still there around the world. Uh, we have a political crisis. We have a financial crisis that everybody globally is talking about. And we have an environmental crisis. And I learned from when people during crisis, they panic. And when they panic, they tend to migrate. They mm-hmm. take their wealth, their uh, Uh, beloved ones and they look for a safe haven and this is what dubai is offering to them so i won't be surprised uh, as long as these problems are still there around the globe we're going to expect more people coming here settling down buying expensive properties renting offices shops uh, and it's going to be very good for the economy it's true i think you use the word there safety and you're right i mean i know that dubai the uae Um, has been fated for its safety and security in the past. But it really has come home to roost this year, isn't it? And that has become more and more important for people. I I believe so. I think it's the most important factor among Mm. all the other factors that would set any real estate market to succeed. I think Dubai has offered the best um, variable, which is safety and security. Let's have a look at that with because obviously this is our opportunity to sort of dive into some of the stories that uh, uh, are being um, uh, written about all things real estate. Uh, it's good to see that the records continue to tumble all the way through to the end of the year. The national reporting uh, that uh, records tumbling with regularity as prices and transactions soared amid a strong economic recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, plus the hosting of Expo 2020 Dubai and uh, the recent 2020 feature for World Cup. Obviously, that was held in Doha, but it was a bonus. uh, And it's certainly a win-win here for the UAE. A lot of fans coming into the UAE using it as a hopping uh, opportunity into Doha. And I suppose each and every one of these events was just, it was eyeballs on the country. A lot of people would have heard of Dubai. They might have had a misconception about Dubai. They might have come to their own conclusions about Dubai. But these events actually brought them here to see it for for the first time. I agree. I think it was a brilliant branding campaign, uh, boosted and cemented the reputation of Dubai globally. And um, just, uh, I think, over 20 million people visited the expo during the six months. And I would dare say that I think more than 99% of them had a very good impression about Dubai and Mm. they will either consider to visit again or they will recommend their friends and family to visit Dubai or some of them actually decided to relocate to Dubai, which is, again, uh, this is the whole point. (laughs) I'm looking ahead to the calendar in 23 um, and we've got another big event coming up in the fourth quarter of 23, COP28 coming to uh, the UAE for the first time as well, uh, coming to the Middle East for the second time. But yeah. uh, that will be significant. Again, another opportunity to brand accordingly, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think all of these events are planned uh, in a very smart manner to just promote Dubai more and more and bring more people to come and experience the city and what it has to offer. Another phrase that we've all become, and I'm sure that you've known the phrase for a long time, but longer than a lot of our listeners out there, but everyone is now an expert on what HNWI is. You ask anyone out there, and go, oh, right, yeah, we've got a few of them here. High net worth individuals individuals. (laughs) have made Dubai their home. They've made the UAE their home uh, in in, in large numbers over the past 18 months, none more so than the last 12. Is that going to continue? Uh, I think so. And uh, I mean, if you link it directly to what the government has been working on, the golden visas, they've been really trying to attract the right population to come in. So 
high net worth individuals. They're qualified to get a golden visa, people with high qualifications and degrees and uh, creators. So mm. they're really not bringing any uh, any caliber. They're actually being very picky about the kind of people they attract to come and settle down. And that's what we saw in 2022. I mean, I remember with Georgia every week, we'll talk about the record sale of the most expensive villa on the Palm or in Jumeirah Bay or in Blue Waters, mm. uh, the most expensive apartments, townhouses, penthouses. It's been a record year in terms of not just the number of transactions um, or even the volume. I mean, we're hoping just next week we'll find out we might hit a record high of 250 billion drums, never heard before in the Dubai real estate market uh, with 100,000 transactions. So this is what we are aiming for. Um, but the interesting part is that the ticket price has increased. Mm. So it's not uh, affordable properties anymore. They're actually expensive properties. And this is all the uh, results of you know, the initiatives to attract the wealthy, the high net worth individuals to come. So let's talk about those initiatives if we can. Uh, Gulf News reporting this week, uh, as have a number of other news sources, about the DLD's new strategic plan, uh, which has now sort of laid a, a map uh, up until 2026. Again, good to see that these plans, and there have been a few, a number of plans put in place, and the Dubai Land Department a strategic plan now in place till 2026 is one of a number that have been put in by authorities here. Again, I'm sure giving just reassurance to people looking to invest here in the region. Yes, I think it's, it, I have to say, I have to send them a very big thanks to uh, the Dubai Land Department and the RERA team because they've been working very hard to create a legal uh, framework and infrastructure that will protect all the stakeholders involved. So if you're an investor, you can come here and know that you will be protected. If you're um, a seller, you know you'll be protected. If you're even working in the industry, you know that there there is a legal framework that will protect you. So this makes you, the Dubai property market very unique. Mm. You know that if you come here, it's also going back to safety. Mm. You know that your money will be safe. And you know if you're working here, will be protected. Mm. And that's a key aspect because there are so many other global cities promising high returns. But when you go there, you get shocked about the levels of corruption, the lack of the legal framework, um, and the lack of support you get from the government. Um, also, they're trying very hard to uh, adopt technology to make things faster and smoother. And this is something fascinating. You know, you can buy a property here in 20 minutes. You can finalize the whole transfer. I've bought properties in other cities, which took me months to finalize the registration uh, process. So, if you put all of these small details together, you'll understand why investors keep coming and they keep liking, uh, you know, investing in the Dubai property. They're all markets. working together, aren't they? Of to course, one, to one sort of common game or one yeah, sort yeah. of common goal. Yeah. Um, right. Let's go to another of our news stories. We've got time to get this one in, uh, and this one being reported by uh, Zawiya.com and other news sources. UAE headquartered upscale real estate developer Seven Tides. <laughs> They've confirmed yes. that the Emirates' first NH Collection Hotel will open its doors to the public in February of 2023. So again, we go to a recurring theme between us uh, this morning, which is, yeah, we've talked a lot about individual buys. We've talked a lot about uh, residential sales. Mm -hmm. but we've also seen boom in office space and in hospitality space. Of course. I mean, all the sectors have benefited very well. Um, Dubai has, is, and will always be an attractive destination for visitors, for uh, trade exhibitions. So I'm not surprised that more hotels are opening up. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, millions have, have visited Dubai and experienced the city and definitely they would want to come again. So 
this is just another uh, uh, another another launch for a very interesting uh, hotel chain coming to to you know open a house here in Dubai and it's going to be located at the Palm so very good location as well I mean the Palms had a year isn't it what a year the Palm has yeah. had you know we all sort of got used to the Palm during the, uh, the for, you know from sort of 20 uh, 2012 all the way up to 2020 but it has really gone into overdrive in it, recent years this year has been very interesting oh, for the pump <laughs> extraordinary and you know how you can tell is traffic on and off the palm yes it's always a course, good indicator isn't course. it I, don't, I personally don't like going there anymore but <laughs> i have to admit it's an amazing project they do good sushi yeah. uh, <laughs> yes you're right good right. views as well <laughs> good views as well that's for sure yeah. listen we're going to get onto some other of the news stories with mohammed in just a few moments time as well this is your weekly dose of property today and we're asking you to contribute as well. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Yeah, and a big thanks to Mahana Dalbudia, who is the, of course, wolf of real estate here in the region, uh, joining us live each and every week on Property Today. Uh, we'll get on to the Metaverse in just a few moments' time, but a few questions coming through for you, Mahana, from listeners out there. Sure. Tara has been in, in touch. She says, does Mahana know when uh, construction will start on Palm Jebel Ali? We had that announcement this year. Uh, this year. But have any further details? No, not really. But the good news is that it has been officially announced that they will start, you know, the uh, they will reactivate this whole project. And I think it's going to be very interesting for not just the project, but all the surrounding projects to that area. Um, I would say definitely in 2023 because the demand is so high. And if you knock the door of any developer right now in Dubai, they're going to tell you we run out of stock. So it will be a very smart decision to start the construction and announce more projects so that they can capture you know, the demand. Uh, the Wolf of Real Estate here, live in the studio. We're talking about the supply and demand issues of physical property uh, at the moment. Well, you might have a few issues getting your hands on keys to your perfect apartment or villa here in Dubai or other parts of the UAE. But what about the metaverse? Another opportunity that has cropped up during 2022. Uh, property in the metaverse. Well, one organisation that knows uh, a thing or two about that is, well, the largest real estate company in the metaverse at the moment, Land Vault. And their CEO is Samuel Huber, who has been kind enough uh, to take time out of a busy day to uh, speak to us live via Microsoft Teams this morning. Samuel, thank you so much indeed for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Listen, I was about to launch into the uh, the, the, the 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 Land Vault uh, biography uh, there uh, to explain to our listeners uh, why you have become and are regarded the largest real estate company in the metaverse. But then I thought, hang on, I've got the CEO on the line. So why don't I ask Sam if he can do exactly that? For those that are not akin with the metaverse yet, for those that are not the early adopters, Samuel, how do you explain to them your significance in the metaverse? Yeah, so we're basically a construction company in the metaverse. So we help companies, big brands or businesses who want to build their presence in the virtual world to actually do that. Um, These are brands from MasterCard, L'Oreal, Red Bull, Standard Chartered, and also, you know, Yas Island in Abu Dhabi, for example. So we have uh, just like a, a real construction company has construction workers and architects, we also have the same, but they build that in the virtual worlds. 
So we're talking about game developers, 3D artists, designers, and so on. We have about 200 people now in the company. We've raised close to $40 million to basically power the business. Um, and we also run an investment arm, which we call Landvol Ventures, which acquires virtual terrain or virtual land in the metaverse, which we then develop on behalf of those big clients. Explain why why you have invested so much personally and built such a huge team, a significant team uh, in the metaverse for property in the metaverse. You had obviously a very successful career um, uh, before setting up Land Vault itself. What convinced you? So I was in the gaming industry already and uh, the business that I was running before was helping brands basically advertise inside games. I've always felt that, you know, as we spend more and more time online, whether it's on our, on our phones or on our laptops or generally on the internet, um, it was just a matter of time that, you know, locations um, actually propped up in the, in, the, in, the, in the virtual world as well. And it just makes sense to me that, you know, entertainment or virtual concerts or live sports or, you know, fashion shows are eventually also going to happen in, in the virtual world because we already spent so much time you know, so much time and energy and even money in, in those virtual worlds. So um, initially I started with gaming. I was building a company called Admix that was building technology to help brands, you know, support and sponsor a specific type of content. And when the metaverse started to really explode in the height of the bull market last year, we had a lot of demand from our brands and clients, big advertisers to start, you know, creating a company that actually helped them um, navigate this new this new environment. So to me, this is the new phase of the internet. It's just a, a natural evolution of what content is is um, you know how content is evolving. Let's try and contextualize this again and put it into perspective for for our listeners out there. Um, how far have we come when it comes to propertizing um, the metaverse at the moment? Uh, are we just scratching the surface, and what's the potential? Definitely still only scratching the surface. Um, but I mean, you know, if you imagine that this market didn't exist two years ago, we now have a virtual land market that generated about $1.6 billion in, in the first year, basically the first year and a half. And the concept of land in the metaverse, it's basically you get to own a piece of the map. So imagine a game is created in a virtual world and that game issues land, which are small pieces of the map, small location that you can buy. And to me, this is very similar to a, a web domain, you know, uh, www.business.com, for example. This is basically what you can buy with land. The land is just a three-dimensional version of a location in this new phase of the internet. And this location is actually an NFT. So all of that is based on the blockchain technology that has really you know, exploded over the past couple of years. And the idea is when you own a small portion of that land, you can build on top of it whatever you want. It's yours. But you also control the business model. So if you want to monetize it by bringing an audience and selling tickets or bringing advertisers or um, build an e-commerce business, this is basically owning a, a 3D version of a website you know, once you own a domain, you can build a website, you can start a business online. That's the equivalent in the metaverse. Mm. So if you think about it, it's not actually that different. It's just a three-dimensional version of, of the internet that we already know. So to me, this is a no-brainer that, you know, as gaming technologies continue to develop, more and more people play games. Now we have 3 billion people, 3 billion, 
playing games every single day. Um, and the metaverse is basically a, a supercharged version of that. It leverages the same technology, but enables you to do things that go beyond gaming, which could be shopping or virtual, uh, you know, virtual events or live sports and yeah. so on. So again, to me, it's just a natural evolution of, of behaviors that are already happening in the in the online world. Mohamed, oh no, that's something yes, that fascinates you. Yeah. I have tons of questions. So happy to have you with us today. Um, uh, first of all, um, I just want to quote some numbers I, I uh, read. Um, in 2021, definitely it was the year for the metaverse and uh, properties online. I mean, I think over $500 million of transactions were recorded. But how would you compare it to 2022? I think not just with the metaverse in terms of real estate, the whole cryptocurrency uh, scene has been hit very badly this year. So how do you see this? Is this like an opportunity or do you see it as something that concerns you? Or I mean, what would you tell our listeners about about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, we are, we basically have a, a return to normality almost, because if you think about it, you know, 500 million in the first year, which was 2021, and then the first half of 2022 was over a billion dollars. So it just kept, kept exploding. Um, you know, I've been investing in virtual land myself since 2017. And uh, in platforms like Decentraland and Somnium Space, for example. And the plot of land at that point was $40, $50 for a big plot of land that you could you could actually build the whole business on. And in the height of the bull market, this was 25,000, maybe 30,000. So from 50 to 25,000, you know, in in a matter of three, four years, it's been an incredible bull run, an incredible increase, which was mainly driven by speculation, because actually Mm -hmm. most of these worlds were not even live. So the fact that we're now back around, you know, five thousand, ten thousand dollars per plot is still a massive increase if you zoom out and you look at where we started in 2017. So I think we just kind of came back to a, a more reasonable, um, you know, value, reasonable opportunity. Mm-hmm. And overall, this is this is an opportunity. You know, we we have been stocking up on on that land because the value is a lot less than it was in the height of the bull market. So what I always say is this: if you were excited by land when the market was skyrocketing, then you should be three times more excited now because the utility is the same, the potential is the same, the, the opportunity is the same, but the price is a third of what it was you know, a, a year ago. So now is actually a good time to, to buy. I, I but totally, of course, it's an investment, right? I, so every investment carries risk as well. I totally agree with you. And even in the real world, we always advise customers to buy at the downturn, not buy at the peak. So a very good advice. My next question, and this is for the sake of the listeners, in, in, the, in the metaverse galaxy, there are so many platforms. You mentioned uh, the central land. There are uh, so many uh, so many platforms out there. So uh, which one would you recommend and what would be the uh, process for a normal layman? You know, what would they have to do? I mean, do they just go to the platform and buy immediately? Do they have to establish a wallet first? Can you just, you know, uh, uh, make it so simple for the listeners so they can start uh, their their uh, venture into this? Yeah, there are a few barriers to entry for sure. If we're talking about the the metaverse on the blockchain, the first thing to do is to is to have a wallet, um, and that wallet will basically be where transaction happens. And you you need that wallet to to pay for things like land or assets and also to receive what you are investing in. The land, for example, would be stored into your wallet. Any specific um, uh, cryptocurrency they have to keep in mind? I mean, is it Bitcoin, uh, MANA, is it uh, SAND? What, what kind of uh, cryptos do you recommend they, they keep in that wallet? <laughs> 
So mo most uh, platforms would accept Ethereum yeah. um, because they are built on that platform, but they also have their own currency, like Decentraland is Mana, for example, and Sandbox is the Sand, um, which has an exchange rate against against Ethereum. So you can you know either use the home currency or you can pay in the main currency, which is Ethereum. Okay, and then after that, which which my question, which out of the in the galaxy of uh, all these platforms, which uh, which would be the ones you recommend they go into? I mean, I think everyone should do you know their own research. There's there's certainly platform in terms of scale and you know market share um, that are that are kind of moving away from the rest. Um, you know, the sandbox is an obvious one. They've raised a significant amount of money. They have hundreds of brands. Um, Decentraland, obviously, was one of the first one that is always, you know, always on the top three. Yeah. You have Somnium Space, which is more for VR uh, specifically. And then you have other platforms that are, I guess, a little bit more niche, um, like Spatial, for example, or, or Mana, um, that are, you know, just emerging right now. So I think we're still at the very beginning. You know, I think we are in the, if we compare that to social networks, we're probably at the MySpace era, where you have a, a local, um, you know, top three, a local leader right now. But to know if this is actually going to be the, the big platform within the next 10 years or not, that's still, that's still, you know, a very difficult question. And I think to me, the, 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 cop, the leaders of, you know, tomorrow are not born yet the platforms do not do not exist yet exciting times sam uh, busy times i'm sure for you as well um can we borrow you for another five minutes you okay to stick with us just for five minutes what, the reason i ask is because Let's we're getting so many questions coming through at the moment <laughs> quick one about dubai's metaverse strategy if we can again something that we found out more about over the course of the last 12 months um to your end and your predictions if you like for 2023 how will businesses look within the metaverse or within their versions of the metaverse within the next calendar year and moving forward and what predictions do you have for retailers yeah i think this is you know it's it's really exciting to if you, if you imagine where we were in 1995 and the same question was asked about retailers moving online yeah. going from offline to to have a website i think this is a, a similar transition in a way that we are moving into a new version of the internet which is obviously still connected, still for many people to enjoy. But instead of taking place on a two-dimensional screen, you take it takes place in something that is more three-dimensional, that kind of looks like a, a gaming environment, you know, a 3D, 3D world. So, of course, it's not for necessarily every business. For example, you know, you would not use that to send a, a wire to a friend because you can do that from an app. But there are a lot of businesses, lots of retailers that have a, a fairly experiential um, way to sell things. If you sell clothes, for example, if you sell experiences, if you sell travel, if you take care of live events, if what you sell is related to sports, there are things that can be done better in a three-dimensional way. It's more immersive, it's more natural, it feels more like the real world. And actually it helps to sell items. It helps to, to create better experiences for your customers. So for all of those businesses that are fairly experiential, this would be the first one to jump into that new world and to basically leverage the tools that the metaverse gave them to create a more immersive, more engaging experience. But make no mistake, the goal will be to sell more product. This is not just a marketing campaign. This is not just a, a tool to to make headlines. This is actually something that you can use to generate more businesses. And, you know, we have built 
now over 200 projects in the metaverse and many of those are the beginning of businesses in the metaverse just like the first websites were you know embryos of what a, a, an online business could be Mohamed's here with us in studio. Mohamed, I know you've been podding about the metaverse and yes. property in the metaverse recently. I know you're nodding away there as well. Lots of questions coming in. I suppose one of the big questions here is early adoption, uh, aren't we? And we know Sam will turn around and say, hang on, I've been talking about this for years and years and years. Don't talk to me about early adoption. <laughs> However, convincing larger percentages of the population and maybe our listenership to invest in, is that the next big challenge, do you think, Mohamed? Um, no, I think there is interest. I think there should be more uh, uh, campaigns to create awareness of how people can get into it. I think there are people, uh, people have heard about it, but most people, and that's why I asked Sam, like, what are the steps that people can take to get into it? Mm. I get a lot of questions. I work in the real world, not in the metaverse. And I get a lot of questions about how can I get into it? What do you recommend? Which platforms? Which wallet? How do I go about it? Can I monetize it or not? Something that Sam touched upon. Um, and monetization can, as he mentioned, can you can turn it into an e-commerce platform or you can even rent it, right, Sam? You can even offer it to a brand to rent your actual location. So it's just similar to the real world, but mm. it's in the metaverse. So mm. it's very interesting. And I think there are a lot of opportunities. It's very promising. But another keyword I'll take from Sam, it's an investment. It's for the long run. So mm. people should... Uh, like we use when, when we pick the right property in the real world, they have to really pick the right location again and make sure they actually sit on it, have a strategy for it and decide how to go about it. Is there, I mean, we've heard about the, the old FOMO problems when it comes to bricks and mortar retail, uh, uh, properties, Sam. Is there a, a digital version of FOMO as well? Oh, massively. I mean, especially in the earlier part of this year, you know, the, the reason why so many brands, so many businesses jumped on that quickly was very much FOMO. Um, the utility is is now growing. There's more and more things to do in the metaverse. But the main reason why it exploded like that, you know, from almost zero to a hundred in a matter of month, was FOMO. Brands wanted to be there because their competitor was there or a businesses that they knew was there, and they just didn't want to be the last one to jump in. Um, and so that's been a really interesting mechanic to watch. Quick question about employment opportunities. Yeah, I get the monetization. Yeah, I get the opportunity out there. But are are human beings going to get employed in this? Well, I mean, if you think about it, they already are. We are employing about 200 people, out of which, you know, over 120 are jobs that did not exist on the Internet. Hmm. We have, you know, digital architects. We have 3D artists. We have builders. We have people that actually manage live events in the metaverse, for example, um, you know, people that are giving tours so that, you know, like a tutorial almost when you get in, you don't you don't get overwhelmed about where to go and you can follow someone that is actually live in the experience. And those people are, you know, full time working for us um, and, and helping us build the metaverse, helping us make it a, an exciting environment to be in. So, you know, from that perspective, you know, there will be literally thousands of types of jobs that did not even exist on the internet. Just like the, the internet creating new jobs that didn't exist in the, in the physical world, the metaverse will also create new jobs that didn't exist on the internet. And I know Dubai, you know, specifically is leading the way there with the, the promise to create 40,000 jobs in the metaverse uh, over the next five years or so, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, that's just super exciting. You know, we've, we're betting very big in the area. I'm actually relocating in the area myself in February. Um, because we see we see Dubai and you know generally the UAE as the 
uh, the, the epicenter of all this, the, all this change and, and really leading the shift towards a, a more immersive world. Uh, fascinating, Sam. I think when you decide to come here, just give me a call. I'll help you find an actual office in Dubai. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. I have, I have one last question for you. I mean, as a company, you are the number one in your field. But for the listener's sake, what can you actually offer them? I mean, wh- where, wh- when is the time to contact you and your team? And what can you offer me as a listener um, in terms of services? What makes you unique, different than any other competitor? Yeah, so um, really what makes us unique at the moment is is really the scale and the number of you know people that we have and the, the type of projects we've done the clients that we have built for like i mentioned from big banks to financial services to big events like the fashion week and so on for the the the, the customer the individual consumer right now um you know the the barriers to entry to build an experience is still fairly high which is why mainly it's businesses it's companies that are contracting us to to build you know, significant experiences. But for, for a consumer right now, what you can do is actually consume this experience. So you might not get your own building or your own event, but you can take part of the virtual fashion week or you can enter the, you know, football fan zone that we built or you can go and, and look at the virtual mall and, and you know, enjoy your, your favorite brands in this new environment. So uh, this is really what we provide to individual consumers right now. It's more an experience because we need the users, right? As you mentioned earlier, you know, none of this is going to work if we don't create exciting, engaging content. That actually means that people are spending time in this experience because we have these brands sponsoring, we have all these you know, models to monetize using e-commerce. That will work if we create exciting experiences. So for an individual consumer, we are basically creating the future of entertainment. We're trying to create exciting, engaging experiences that we hope that customers will, will spend time to enjoy. Sam, we have to leave it there. Time is against us on this occasion. We can't thank you enough for that extended conversation with you. Uh, Mahana's going to sort you out with some office space. I'll show you some of the best bars and restaurants around town. It's all sorted. We'll see you in February. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Uh, Samuel Huber there, who is the CEO of Land Vault, joining us live uh, via Microsoft Teams. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Fascinating chat with Sam Huber there um, from Landville and all things Metaverse. But let's get back on to Terra Firma, if we can, and answer a few more of your questions. MJ's been in touch with us uh, saying, uh, help me, uh, man, and I'm still <laughs> lost. Shall I continue to rent or buy a property instead? Uh, mind you, the prices are so high now. Please advise me on what to do at the end of 22. Um, well, I think um, the question she's asking is the wrong question. I think people should stop asking whether I should continue to rent or buy a property. The right question should be, should I buy a property to live in it or buy a property as an investment? Mm. So in all ways, since the prices are going up, definitely start considering to buy a property. Even if you're going to stay as a tenant, buy a small property as an investment. This is my advice to whoever is listening. (laughs) Judy's been in touch with us as well. Judy has has said, uh, Morning, I need to take some more of Mohamed's advice, if I may, uh, because I'm planning to buy a plot. The question I have is, Mohamed, do you recommend buying a ready-to-move into unit or an off-plan unit? Well, it depends on um, uh, her or uh, it was yeah her her objective and her uh, knowledge. I mean, if you have knowledge in the process of building, 
uh, because it's not that easy. I mean, whoever went through buying a plot and building it, dealing with consultants, contractors, is a handful. So if you have the knowledge and the patience to go through that, definitely do it because that's how you get the maximum returns on your money mm. because you're not buying from a developer who added a premium or profit. You're buying it, you know, the land and then you're building at cost. So that's a great option. Buying a ready property has its own benefits as well because you're getting it ready. You can rent it and get the returns. Um, I think if I have the choice, given my experience, I would definitely go for a plot and build it myself because that's, as I mentioned, where you get the maximum returns on your money. Zishan has been in touch with us as well. Mm-hmm. Zishan makes an interesting point. He said uh, he was listening to uh, our chat about the metaverse. And he said, can you ask Mohammed um, if he thinks that the top developers for real estate, bricks and mortar on land, could they become top developers in the metaverse as well? Yes, definitely. I mean, one of the highest transactions ever recorded in the metaverse was for a real estate developer really? who took a very big uh, piece of land and is going to build a whole development on it. Um, it's very similar to the real world. I personally prefer the real world, <laughs> but but it's the same dynamics apply in terms of the principles you would take into consideration, the lifestyle you offer, the value, the appreciation, the rent returns. It's very similar to the real world, but it's in the metaverse. So question to you, because you will well know about the importance of trust, the trust that developers have built up over the year, trust that brokers and agencies have built up over the years as well. If you haven't got that tra- trust between buyer uh, and developer, then, then you are going to have problems. Yeah. Given it's still fairly new, the metaverse as well, how do you know who to trust when it comes to buying property on the metaverse? It's very hard because trust only is achieved over time and experiences. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do it is to see who has been there, who has built, who has been offering the right experience. People have been making money from this developer or this company or not. And that's how the best guess you can go with right now. But that's the risk with such with anything that's new. I mean, there's a lot of speculation when it comes to the metaverse and real estate and the virtual world. But this is the whole point. If you if you have if you're willing to take the risk, your returns might be you know very rewarding, or you might lose a lot. But that's the risk you have to take. Um, I think the same thing applies to the real world today. If I want to buy from an off-plan property, and I always compare it to buying fish in the sea, you have to actually look for the uh, most reputable developer who's been there for a long time, who's got projects delivered. Uh, You can Google them and read reviews uh, about them to see if they're positive or not. Visit some of these projects and experience them. You can do the same thing with the virtual world. Final one from... uh Tine, who's been in touch with us, or Tain, um, apologies for the pronunciation there. It's a bit of a loaded question, but you know what? It's been a loaded year, 22, <laughs> so we might as well go out on a bang. Sure. Uh, Tine asked this one. Um, Anid, uh, can I back out of buying a house, or rather, has it become easier to back out of buying a house? It's a, it's a tricky question. It depends on uh, the contractual agreement and the reason why you want to back out from the deal. Mm. I mean, right now, it's a it's a seller's market. Mm. Uh, the demand is so high with the very limited supply. So if you're backing out, if the contractual agreement allows you to do so, do it. Otherwise, you're going to be exposing yourself to financial and legal you know, uh, penalties. I hope that answers the question, Tim. I hope so. <laughs> hold, but hold on to it. You know, 2023. Exactly. Just hold on to it yeah, or go through with it. Yeah. If you if you manage to get the property right now and it has the right uh, specifications, 
you know, stick to it. Don't don't lose it. <laughs> Mohanad, can't thank you enough uh, thank for you very much. the last 60 minutes. It's been enlightening. Thanks also throughout the last, uh, all your help throughout the last year for us. Uh, My all pleasure. here on Dubai. I and in fact, all the sister stations yes. here. You're, you're part of the family, aren't you? I love it. And, part of the Aaron family. And I wish next year will be filled with more positive uh, news and prosperity for everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. You thank need to you. get back down to your home. Otherwise, yes. you're not, you won't going to be, you, you, you won't be there for I'm the New Year. I'm going to be one of the stuck, people stuck on <laughs> the street. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks so much indeed for your time. A big thanks uh, to Mahana. Just very quickly, a lot of people asking how they can get in touch with you, Mahana. The best way for them to do that? Any of my social media platforms. I'm available in all of them, and all of them are verified, so they can find me easily. Bless you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, Mahana Albuadia. The wolf of real estate here in the UAE. You're listening to Property Today on the agenda with Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. It's Property Today on the agenda each and every Monday.